Hello, world. Welcome to another episode of Golf Subpar, brought to you by our newest sponsor, Rockform, the ultimate golf speaker. If you want to go check it out, go to rockform.com and enter code subpar for 25% off. That's code subpar at R-O-K-F-O-R-M.com for 25% off Rockform speakers. It is absolutely incredible. Perfect for a round of golf with your buddies. Slee, speaking of buddies... Boy, did we have a time in Dallas, Texas. We had the rock form thumping. We had unbelievable guests. It was an all-time trip, man. We got this first one that's coming to you right now. We're going to keep this intro brief because the Spieth interview, he, he was nice enough to give us a long time, man. As long as an interview as I've ever seen Spieth give. What an unbelievable dude. We've got into pretty much anything you can get into, but that was an unbelievable trip. Hopefully we got more lined up, but this one was nails. Yeah, we dug deep with Jordan Spieth. It was a lot of fun. Um, so let's just get right to it. Here's the golden child, Jordan Spieth, on Golf Subpar. All right, welcome to a very special Golf Subpar. We are in Dallas, Texas, Royal Oaks Country Club, home of the great Colt Nose and Jordan Spieth. You may have heard of the guy. we got to give him an introduction anyway. 11-time PGA Tour winner, three-time major champion, the golden child himself, <laughs> Mr. Jordan Spieth. golden child. Thank you so much for being here. How are we doing, brother? I'm doing great. I'm doing great. Thank you guys for having me. Is the golden I'm, I'm child? I'm always here. I'm always here to come on with you guys. God, we love well, you. Well, you say that yeah. now. Just give it forty-five. Yeah, give it forty-five. You'll probably tap out on this pretty quick. Since you're not the golden I can't child, go at what you? do you think you are? Like, I can't go at you. Well, I've you been on. I've been me. on a bad run of cards. I did get like every time I hit it towards a tree, it found its way into a fairway. Nowadays, it's like a normal bounce. See, you know, so oh, the good, good bounces are. Yeah, no, no, I no, they're no, I didn't. My run's not done. I'm just on a bad run. It's like cold, cold cards. Yeah, exactly. Poker. Yeah, yeah, they tell you to get from up from the table, but you can't leave the no, table. No, never leave. Right in golf, you can't. You know, I'm not going to. I was in know, a gambling stay slump on the recently, just gonna go back. and I'm now out of it. And you know how I got out of it? Betting more. Just keep betting. It's <laughs> shoot or shoot, <laughs> Let's dude. Go you got to shoot. The whole golden child thing shoot, shoot or shoot. Because, yeah, like 100%. he said, everything went his way for quite a long time, right? <laughs> I mean, if you were playing gin and you had the six of spades and the eight of spades, like, he knew the seven was coming. Yeah, there was no problem. Sure. I remember 2014 was his first Masters, and Justin Thomas wasn't in the field yet. And we're watching. I'm watching on TV in Dallas. He's at home. He's not going to like this story. He, he blocks it right <laughs> on number seven, the par four, dog leg left. I know And it. they get behind Jordan, this camera angle, and it's just the perfect hallway between the trees, and there's yeah. the pin right in the middle. And Justin texts me. He goes, are you freaking kidding me? Like, look at this. <laughs> Did he say frick? Thing. Yeah, maybe not. All right, yeah. <laughs> but, you know, Justin's got an image to protect, so yeah. Yeah. I don't really say that. But the golden child is here. I'm very excited. I've been wanting to do this for a very long time. Please don't touch my yes. leg. I didn't touch your leg. I accidentally yes. just touched your leg earlier, and I yeah, apologize for that, but it'll <laughs> probably happen again. Uh, this is a big, this is a large drink that we got let's, right uh, here. Let's go back to the beginning, though, when you were just a small golden child. Okay. Okay. You won the U.S. Junior in 2009 and 2011. Quickly, who had happened in 2010? That had to be disappointing. I got, huh? I got <laughs> knocked out. It's actually funny now. It actually makes me look better now. It's like, it's like when you got dumped in grade school, and now like the the girl's like super hot, and you, you want to like brag about it. Yeah. For me, this was that that moment in golf. I got knocked out in the first round by a like 13 year old skinny Robbie Shelton. Oh, oh nice player. at least you, yeah. And at made the time, it, like I've gone in, and I, you know, I would. I don't remember. I must have been. I would probably. I think I was the favorite, like number one ranked in whatever the rankings were in junior golf and whatever. And I, I would. I played really well in stroke play, and I think it was the second round because I think the first round I just kind of breezed by. I'm like, this is gonna be easy, and I just got my butt kicked in by Robbie Shelton. I'm like, who's Robbie Shelton? And now, you know, he's a stud at Alabama, and now he's already turned into a stud on the PGA Tour. And How'd you handle it? 
I wanted to come home. My dad made, was in Michigan, Egypt Valley. My dad forced well, me to go over to Grand it. Haven and have a weekend. <laughs> and uh, I remember a lot of weird things, though. How bad um, was it? What was the number? Final no, number I think we went play. up to 18, but I was like a par five, and I bogeyed it when he was one up. I just handed it to him. Uh, it was one of those. Yeah, it was. Anyway, thank you. I mean, I, let's focus on the other two years. <laughs> yeah, how about 9 That's and 11? Yeah. I was talking about the good years. Yeah, 2009 I was at Trump, and it was interesting because it was the first time I had met Donald Trump, clearly, obviously, the President of the United States now, and um, it was a very interesting week because he'd show up in his helicopter, and you're like, this guy's just choppering in and out mm-hmm. of New York and stuff like that, and he was falling around the whole week. It was, it, It's kind of bizarre now that he's he's running the world, essentially. When you, when you won that <laughs> first one, did you kind of think like, okay, this is the start of me doing something really special in this game? Yeah, I think, you know, that was, I was 15. Um, that was kind of a the year before I'd made it to the semifinals and lost to Cameron Peck who won at, in Birmingham at Shoal Creek and I felt at that point like yeah. I can compete with guys that are you know going into college at the highest level and I was maybe a freshman or so, just finished freshman year of college so or high school so yeah I think after that one it was it was like man this this feels great I've, I kind of feel like you know Winning was, I, I obviously loved the feeling. Mm-hmm. Um, I loved how you had to get through matches, and that, as you know, as a U.S. Amateur champion yourself, don't bring you're that not, up. You're not, don't, you're don't, not, you're not, we bring it up every show. Oh, sorry, don't and pub links. I did forget about the pub links. Don't bring it up. You gotta, in those seven matches, you gotta win. You're gonna play poorly in a couple of them. You gotta figure out how to beat that you guy, might. you know? <laughs> Okay, fine. I didn't hit every <laughs> yeah, single fairway like you do. So uh, beating you in match play is probably about as difficult as beating anybody in I match can't play. believe I'm just going to captain. Don't, gonna blow Jordan, smoke Jordan, up Colt this please, entire please time. Please, God, please, stop this right We're going to have to edit Colt. all of the – all right, no. let's start over from right I now. I just – yeah, I want to see him blush. <laughs> all right, actually, we got to ask you about one thing, though, that you didn't win. Um, because back in your junior days, you know, first off, you've won the Masters, obviously. You've won the U.S. Open and the British Open. The PGA is the only thing missing from your record. But if you look back to 2008 and 2009, you were runner-up at the PGA Junior. Yeah. Both years. What yeah. is it with the PGA Championship in general? You haven't been able to get it done at any level. They set up Pellucci some shit won courses. one year. TJ Vogel won another God, year. How do you do remember everything? Um, the greats remember all you the know, slights. And, and I don't, I don't want to be that guy, but at <laughs> uh, Whistling Straits, I finished second to Jason Day. And I the the difference in the draw that first round was three three strokes screwed. three strokes, and uh, and I was on the I was on the bad end of the draw. Jason was on the other end. That's a difference of six shots. Yeah, that 2015, that's, you got a lot of bad math. breaks. Was that yeah and, 2015? Uh, I'll tell you what, that was about the only well the British that year we had to suspend play. I was playing with Dustin Johnson. Remember he was leading. Mm-hmm. It was so windy the ball wouldn't stay on those greens. The greens are not rolling more than a nine or ten, and we had to stop play there. So you know I just you know there was. Yeah, I got some tough breaks. It all reverts back to the mean. Yeah, dude. Golden child, we got to rename him. (laughs) The bad break kid. Yeah, Yeah. man. Before we get into the pro golf, though, I want to talk a little bit about University of Texas. Okay. So you went there. First off, did you ever think about skipping college altogether and turning pro? And if no, where else did you look at going to school besides UT? There were two guys, two people who I talked to that were for skipping college and going professional. I had a dinner meeting one time with Chubby Chandler. Mm-hmm. Um, longtime agent of a lot of the European guys, uh, Lee Westwood, Darren Clark, um, a lot of guys who talked to me at the time about Peter Uline and Brooks Kepka and their route. They decided to go over to Europe, and he said, you should do that now. Go over to Europe, 
um, travel the world, learn how to kind of play professional golf. The other one was Cameron, my instructor, Cameron McCormick. He, he was like, I just don't see the huge advantage necessarily and the potential disadvantage is going in, not staying focused, getting caught up in college um, like it's happened to other people, which he didn't necessarily think would happen to me, but he was just like, I think any route you want to take turning professional could go. But um, for me, I, you know, I just, I love, I love team golf. Yeah. I love team sports. Mm-hmm. And so it was just, I want to go in, I want to win a team national championship. I want to go where I'm playing against the best players in the country every single day. And at Texas, we had five All-Americans my freshman year. Yeah, and you went in and a team. title. Yeah, mm-hmm. and uh, so we went in there, and it was just a dream year. I think our team won eight events that year, including the Nationals um, at Riviera, of all mm-hmm. places, on a 30-footer that our senior hit on the 18th hole. Mm-hmm. I mean, just couldn't be more storybook for college. And you played your boy college. Justin Thomas. Yeah, I mean, finals. I just, Are you guys you friends? Know, How'd that go? I uh, I have that scorecard <laughs> framed at home. <laughs> of course you From do. that match. You think he's still it's a little better hidden. about that? Dude, it's it's mid- hidden, though. It's not like, it's not one of those things. It's not up front, because it really wasn't that much of an accomplishment, but it's but it's there. You know? It's there. Just he's like the know. elephant. We got to rename him the elephant, because yeah. the, the memory I is remember, unbelievable. I um, remember, there's two moments from that match. One, uh, number nine, I got into trouble out there. I think I drove it in that cross bunker that you just are dead. Mm -hmm. Had to lay it up, miss the green with my third, and I think he had hit a couple decent shots. And I had about a 30-footer, broke about 10 feet left to right from the left fringe to a front pin. And I hooped it for par to, I think, stay one up. Weird. on him and yeah and he was uh <laughs> he was he wasn't he's told me since then that he, he that one he's remembered and then i hold out for a two on number 15 with a four iron yeah you caught a nice little slope there i i hit it out on the right side and it did it took the <laughs> slope but the slope's there the slope's um, there. you use yeah. the terrain dude yeah um i'm a field game. player cult and yeah. uh, i'm not here to hit straight shots um and it and it went in and uh anyway so that was that match and our team won three matches. I mean, as good of friends as y'all are, though, that still had to be like, I'm we, sure he didn't take it, it very it's well. It's funny. So, you know, my caddy, Michael, he's a huge college golf and amateur golf fanatic, which I think is a very weird, I don't feel like that's very common. Mm-hmm. And uh, every time we play, and we play Riviera every year, I just, it's one of my favorite courses in the world. Every time we get to 15, he FaceTimes Justin, no matter where we are. <laughs> he FaceTimes Justin. Awesome. And that's so great. now, and Justin will keep answering it because he's like, I know you're there and I just, I can't, I don't want to stop and just decline it because it makes it worse. So he answers it. And then he always just points to right where I hold the shot from. That's beautiful. And the, yeah. I love so, that. <laughs> that's, um, that's always good fun. Yeah. But like Colt mentioned, like your freshman year, your first team All-American, Big 12 freshman and player of the year, won the NCAA championship as a team. And then you turn pro partially into your sophomore year. Were you always planning on like turning pro that early or was it because like, Hey, I've done everything you can do already, pretty much in one year of college golf, and now's the time. If you hadn't was, won um, all that stuff, the U.S. Amateur pro. was in was in Denver. It was at Cherry Hills that that summer, and I'd gone in thinking I would play well there and then turn professional right after. And I got knocked out by Thomas Peters, mm. who came over from a European event. It's just another weird story. He came over from a European event, got in late the night before the first round, hadn't played either course got in in a playoff and I was like the sixth seed maybe after stroke play playing well but he's he had just won NCAAs individually at Riviera obviously a great player um won 
quite a few times in Europe now. But uh, he got in late, got in through the, and I drew him in the first round. I'm like, you got to be kidding yeah, me. Like, you nice. Know, like, yeah, come on, the man. Kid. Like, just yeah. give me, let me just give me a my bye in the this. first round. And I lost to him there, and I ended up three days before school started. I called Coach Fields when I'd already told him I was leaving, and said, "Is there any way I can come back to school for this fall semester? Because I didn't have anywhere to play in the fall." Remember, this is before this is pre Q school. This is the last year Q school got you on the PJ tour. This is also pre, um, you know, all these big events in Asia now and all this. This is all shoot. It's nine, eight, nine years ago now. Um, so. Eight. Eight years ago. I'll help you, Thanks. Colts no, you, only, you only guy. went to one year of school. Colts I got you. Yeah. Year and a half. That's what I'm trying to tell you. I went back for that other no, semester. You get the numbers in year two. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, so I called him. He said, you can come back. So I got to play four more college events before going to Q school, which did not go as planned as well. Well, before we get, I get to it. Q school. Q school is a bitch. Let's, let's stay at University of Texas for a second. What kind of classes was Jordan Speed taking <laughs> yeah, at the University Yeah, run me through your daily Texas. schedule yeah. at UT, dude. <laughs> Who went to more classes, you or Vince Young? Ooh. Good question. How long was he in school? I don't know, but I just feel like y'all probably went to the same <laughs> as amount. As long as he wanted. <laughs> yeah, fair. <laughs> um, I will say I had a mix. I was in I, – I took my, – my grandpa's a conductor in an orchestra. My dad grew up in a music family. I played piano growing up. I, I took piano – beginner like beginner's piano at texas i never told i never piano i never i never i never told my teacher i never told my teacher so so i i literally went through that class like trying to dumb it down a little because i already like you it's not like riding a bike like it's not that easy but i used to play competitions when i was like 10 11 12 years old really piano competitions i mean i played all sports but then i but had the piano, side too and man. I'm, i was well-rounded all right? yeah 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 you're and, cultured, dude. Wow, think, i've known you for a long time so cultured, dude. yeah this now if you told me to go into the lobby here and play the piano i got nothing for i play a couple chords that's it i can't play anything don't that's try to hustle me though. we can't bet on who is the better piano player <laughs> yeah, yeah we can anything yeah, we can. i can find a way to wager and win on you which is very rare i'll try but anyway, I took piano, but then I also had like a rhetoric class that just kicked my ass. I mean, it yeah. was yeah. So it was like, um, it was it was a mixture. It was, it was about half and half. Half were like, this is a little. This is this is. I can do this. I might be taking <laughs> advantage half, a little bit. And half that are. Uh, Half that it, that hey, were that. That's were, the perks, though. How yeah. was that a hard decision for you to turn pro after that year? Being that, like, being a superstar athlete in Austin at UT, not the worst situation. But of being all time. a golfer, bit but different. dude, yeah. but you're the a different you're a different golfer young. than like a normal golfer. Yeah, you know no, what I mean? I wasn't. Yeah, I wasn't Colt McCoy. There, it was like, hi, I'm Jordan. Yeah, I'm on the golf team. You're on the golf team. All right. Well, it wasn't. You know, it was. Uh, um, no, I I just. I was I really just went back that last semester because I, I really wanted to play a few more events. I think Coach Fields is like, hey, if Q school doesn't work out, maybe he'll come back in the spring. You know, the big thing is playing in nationals, and and uh, they had Bo Hostler coming in at the semester that I left, so um, he's going to come in a semester early. Big Bo. You miss so, Bo, man. I, I miss the Bo. The oldest 18-year-old on the planet. <laughs> big Bo. <laughs> yes. But you mentioned Q school, though. You go there in 2012. You don't make it out of second stage at Craig Ranch. Was yeah. there ever, like – Oh uh, boy, I'm not quite ready for this. Or was it just like, you know what, this happens. I'm gonna be fine. I'll get sponsor exemptions. I I remember going. I hit like 65 of 72 greens. I couldn't putt it in the ocean. That's and I, seems I really weird. and I remember going weird. from Craig Ranch, and you know how far this is. I went two different nights from Craig Ranch to Brook Hollow to get on Cam System 
because I legitimately could not put it in the ocean. Interesting. And I mean, I hit 65 greens at Craig Ranch and didn't make it through second stage of Q school. Like it's not a hard golf course. They're not hard greens to, to no. put on either. They're just very gradual, slopey, bent grass. And uh, it was really bad. So at that point in time, the only thing I was worried about was if I'd be able to putt good enough to be able to compete on the PGA Tour. That was it. Do you think you can? Do you think you're a good enough putter to compete <laughs> on the been, PGA it's Tour? Been, yeah, I mean, you know, you can get streaky at times. Yeah, right. Um, you're, you're a streaky guy. But it, in all honesty, that was what I was thinking at the time. I'm like, man, I'm striping it, but I can't. I can't. I, I, so I, I finished. I remember getting done with my last round, and they didn't really have fans. I don't remember anyone being out there, really. I remember going to, like, firehouse subs, picking it up, eating it, just being – like I ate it there because I was like I don't really want to drive right now I'm really really upset mm-hmm. really pissed off I kind of went home and I'm like well now what do I do like what's next you know I'm not I already said I'm not going back to school I already turned my last paper in at that point that was beginning of the end of November right so I just uh I remember going back I was living at my parents house I lived at my parents house through even when I got my PJ tour card I lived there until maybe March of 2013 now you upgraded to a nice apartment here in Dallas. I did. I had a nice yeah, apartment a in 2013. <laughs> you got a time And I've lived a few places since then. But yeah. You turned in that last piano paper. I got room for Colt. Mm-hmm. I got, got room for Colt. in that last there. piano paper and got, did you expect to just cruise? I mean, you'd never struggled. You'd done nothing piano but win your whole time. Piano was first semester freshman year, right? That, I had to turn in an English paper, right? <laughs> okay, yeah. Come on. Work on that degree. But did you expect to just cruise through Q school? Like, I've done nothing but win since I've started holding a golf club. Um, you know, when I looked at the names... At Q school, you kind of look and you're like, all right, I've played against these guys. I know, I can, you know, these guys that are, you know, whether they were seniors or juniors or whoever they were in college. And even the guys that, at, you know, we'd played so much. You, Cole that had me out here through high school. We're playing with Martin Flores. We're playing, we're playing with professionals all the time. And I feel like I'm competing with these guys. And so I really just thought I, – I didn't go in with a big head thinking this is easy. I just went in saying this is part of the process. And it didn't go well. And I'm like, well, shoot, I didn't really – think about if it doesn't go well you know I mean I wasn't overly confident but I wasn't you know naive I was just like uh, yes and you go into 2013 you're playing off sponsor exemptions obviously you you wrap up membership pretty quickly temporary membership and all this and then you go to the John Deere yeah you Kind of skull a bunker shot. We don't have to talk yeah, about that. Yeah, was that a half it knife? Goes, hey, we'll talk more, about that later. The, but the, the more like I've seen knife. the bunker shot, the more I'm like, man, I really just nipped that. It was really <laughs> nice. Yeah. Right the more at the, I see the it. foot up on the flag but, and just straight start, down. But you I mean, start it would have been that one that goes like two feet past it and just stops. Yeah, you keep telling yeah, yourself yeah, that, yeah. Jordan. It would have been right there, dude. So, anyways, <laughs> but you start that year with no status on, on any tour, and you go, and then you get a call from Fred Couples to be on the President's Cup team at the end of the year. Like, was that something like – Holy shit, I can't believe Fred Couples is calling me right now. Or? I owe a lot of that to Phil Mickelson. I played with Phil the final round in um, TPC Boston that mm-hmm. year. And I shot, I think, 62 in the final round to move up to, like, fourth in the FedEx Cup. Obviously, that makes a huge move in points. Mm-hmm. But I was playing with Phil, and I was already kind of on the bubble. I hadn't played enough events, especially any of the majors. I think I'd, I'd missed the cut in the t- – I made the cut the British. I didn't play the Masters, and I missed the cut in the other two. And those are obviously the heightened points. No World Golf Championships. So I hadn't been moved up enough, but I'd been playing as well or better than guys that were on the team or even close. And I played with Phil, and I know he made a call. He told me after he made a call to Fred right after and said, you got to pick this guy right now. Of course he takes credit for you being on the team. I, Phil, you don't think yeah, Fred was watching? Fred, in for anything. I, I think, obviously, Fred would have done it. I mean, I think he was just kind of trying to figure out what he wanted to do. Mm-hmm. And... uh 
and Fred, uh, yeah, I, I remember receiving the call. I remember right where I was. I was, I was literally on the highway driving to Providence. From but isn't that crazy? Boston. Like, literally, I mean, seriously, almost a yeah. year before, you're missing at second stage of Q school, and yeah. now you're suiting up for Team USA on the President's Cup. Like, yeah, from like, from my first professional start, missing the cut in San Story Diego, okay. to uh, to uh, going to Panama, Colombia, Puerto Rico, Tampa in a four-week stretch. Mm-hmm. That was really what jump-started my career, that four-week stretch. That was the, like, I went to Panama thinking I'm going to try and play well, top 25, get to the next week and play the, the web.com at the time tour. And by the end of that four-week stretch, I had part, I had um, status on the PGA Tour. Did, it was, it was was that, it was did that happen, like, faster than you thought? Like, you were like, oh, my God, I can't believe this is going this fast? Or were you so in the moment that it didn't even, like, really Man, trigger? I just, I, like, I remember it being – I remember just being just fun. I mean, just a fun ride. Like, we went down. It was new places. I'd never been to South America. It's like uh, I just had a good time at each event. You know, it was, it was none of this, um, It was none of this like, uh, what you kind of get caught into a lot of times. Like, where am I staying? You know, do I really want to stay at that hotel? It was like, man, I don't know where I'm staying. I'm just going to go. I'm just going to go and play. And uh, there's obviously a lot to be said about that. But... Um, I, I finished second at Puerto Rico. I had a, I just, I was playing well, and it's a windy Bermuda golf course right up my alley. And I, I finished second there, which got me close enough to where I felt the pressure was off at Tampa. I'm like, I'm gonna get a lot of starts now on the PGA Tour off of this. I'm gonna get five more starts. All I got to do is one top ten, and I'll get. St-. So I really, I didn't feel that much pressure. I had a putt for par on the 18th, the 72nd hole in Tampa, about a six seven eight footer right edge on 18 i don't remember stuff do you remember it yeah um, do you, can you recall i remember it because it? it was just one of the coolest putts you know when i look back because i knew if i made it i finished tied seventh and that was enough to get me my status otherwise yeah. i'd be close but i'd get it in houston or whatever it was a few weeks later and uh i remember knocking it in and fist pumping and and i'd had <laughs> I'd hold a flop shot on 17 the hole before, so I finished birdie, and then Weird. I drove it down the middle of the fairway on 18 and had a wedge in. All I got to do is make par to get status, and I'd dump it in the front bunker and then hit it out and make the putt. So. But do you, do you realize, though, that that second at Puerto Rico was honestly the best thing that could have ever happened to you because you avoided the Puerto Rico curse? Is there because, a Puerto Rico curse? Yeah, because yeah, dude, all the guys that win there, no one's ever no won one again. ever wins ever again. It's like a – like Tony? A, it's like a Tony curse Finau's term. Never won Finau's again. never won again since Victor there. Hovland or Tony Victor Finau. Victor Hovland probably will break that, probably break right that curse, yeah. but yeah, yeah. So that was smart to get second. Brilliant. You don't yeah. win Puerto Rico. It's a rule. Yeah. Good. Good move. I promise you, I was trying to win yeah. when I went on the. But can we go to the bunker <laughs> shot at the John Deere, which was an incredible shot? You nipped it perfect. I think Thank it was you. an unbelievable Thank shot, you. dude. But without that, dude, he's already he's here. You don't. You're on special. He's not going to leave. Okay, we already got him here. You're on special temporary membership, and that, but that gets you as an official member when you get into the playoff, and then you win, and now you get. All the majors, you get the FedEx Cup and things like that. Where does that shot rank, that bunker shot, in terms of, like, most important or best shots you've ever hit in your career? I think it was uh, – Because without that, you probably don't I get – I think it just sped up things that I thought would already happen. Like, it just sped them up faster. Like, I thought, okay, if I'm not in the playoffs, not in the President's Cup, like, this is what I'm going to work for next year. I'm not in Hawaii, like, that kind of stuff. Places that I want to go and play in, um, the Masters. You know, like, obviously, these are a lot of different things I'm mentioning right now, but – I always thought that I'd get there. Like I always, I always believed in my abilities to be able to get there. Um, obviously, by the way I had been playing that year, I knew that I could, I could win. I didn't know when it would happen, and time was running out. 
by the end of the season, but I was like, perfect. I have my, I mean, I had full PGA Tour status, like you're mentioning. Yeah. I mean, a year before I was still doing a paper. I was failing out of key Eating school. at Firehouse. Probably never eaten that since. Hell yeah, I have. Yeah. Um, I love it. I, I, I everything. Yeah. Well, yeah, good call. Um, the, uh, I just, yeah, I just, it was awesome. I will rank it up there, you know, very, very high. But as far as life-changing, I think it just sped things up a little quicker. Just expedited what you expected to accomplish yeah, at some point. Yeah, I mean, I just, yeah, I felt like I was going to continue to improve and uh, and just move on. Yeah, but obviously getting and going and playing in an open championship, you know, I mean, every time you can play in an open, that's a that's a, that tournament right there in itself, there in Augusta, in my opinion, are, you just learn more and more each time you play one. You learn something about some shot that you that you need to work on you need to get better at um that just doesn't present itself in a in a normal event all right i want to tell you about a new sponsor we got here at sub park called rock form it is the ultimate speaker for on the golf course you can connect two speakers at one time for surround sound to really piss off the other groups around you it's fantastic go to rockform.com and enter code subpar for 25 percent off that's code subpar at r-o-k-f-o-r-m.com for 25 percent off rock form speakers well let's Let's talk about Augusta, though, because obviously, I mean, your track record there is absolutely ridiculous. I mean, you played six times. You've had five finishes inside the top 11. But you go to Augusta your first time as a rookie. Basically, your first three years at Augusta National, your name was at the top of those old school leaderboards when you look up. It's crazy. What is it about that place that first just four fits years. your eye? Yeah. That first three or four? First four. It's fine. Okay, whatever. Four. Yeah. Correct him, Jordan. Shut up, Jordan. Don't, 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 don't let him play with Ricky in the stats. second to last remember group when you in just, 2017. Remember when you just said you weren't going to correct me at the start of the show? He prides himself on these stats. I feel pretty good at him for the most part. But I just remember the first three specifically. Yeah. You go there. You're tied with Bubba Watson, 54-hole lead, going into your first Masters Sunday. I mean, what is it about this place that just brings out the best in Jordan Spieth? It's my favorite tournament growing up. It's most memorable golf shots I remember watching as a kid falling in love with the sport happen at the Masters, whether it's Tiger's chip on DeMarco or Phil's putt or, um, you know, whatever it may be. Why is DeMarco always there for those moments? <laughs> Poor guy. <laughs> Poor dude. guy. He's I mean, taking such brutal yeah. L's, just, I mean, he just world-class shots. But on a serious note, had you played Augusta National at all before you qualified for the 14 Masters? No, not before I qualified. I had gone out in 2012 with the University of Texas. We were playing in that Augusta mm-hmm. State mm-hmm. Invi- uh, Invitational they always have. So I was there on the Monday in 2012. I remember a guy by the name of Bryden McPherson mm-hmm. from Australia was playing in the Masters that year. He was playing a practice round. I was watching on Monday. I'm like, I play against this guy all the time. Like, this is – why am I going to play this other golf course? Like, this guy's playing 15 – it was on 15 I saw mm-hmm. him. I'm like – He's hitting a shot into 15 on a Monday. Like, this is bogus. Like, I want to be out here. This mm-hmm. is crap. And uh, anyway, uh, I played it in – the first time I played it was late 2013. I played in October of 2013. Eisenhower Tree was still there. That yeah. winter is when it fell, uh, which the 17th hole has been way better to me than it would have been if that tree <laughs> was still there. Yeah. I've hit a couple kind of little kind of quackers down the left side, and it, would have, it wouldn't have been good if that tree was there. Um, but I remember, uh, I just remember, I played the back nine the first time. We flew, we got in late, played the back nine, and I played 18 the next day, and I just fell in love with it. I mean, it was just, it's a field golf course. It's the undulations in person, you know, the TV can't show. 
uh, whether it's the greens or the lies that you're hitting off of. And it just felt like it was a field golf course. It felt like every lie you have makes you either have to work it really hard against it or you're working it with it and that's going to work it really hard into the green. So it's like, it's just such a, such an artist golf course. I mean, it's just, it's, it's, it's an artistic golf course that you've got to hit every single shot in the bag, whether it's high, low or mid trajectory fade draw, whether you're holding slopes. I mean, when the wind blows, it adds another element. Is it true that you don't use a, a green book at Augusta National, but you use it everywhere else on the PGA Tour? They don't. They don't have greens books. Right. They don't have. So you don't use them there, but you use them everywhere else. Is that? Do you think that's an right. advantage to you? Like you, you like the artistic feel. Yeah, to the I've greens? almost created my own over the years. All my yardage books, I have all the fall lines to the pins, um, and so I know when I'm close to the fall lines, and I don't do aim point, but I have a good awareness of you know the greens are at a 13, and I'm at a this is probably a two or three degree slope. I got a kind of a good awareness of what it's supposed to, what it's supposed to do. But what I love on the greens is that I always feel like, even if I have a dead straight putt, which I just don't like dead straight putts, I'm always looking for something in them. When you have that, that race Creek pull to it, which there is, there's a pull down the valley there. I always feel like, all right, the putt might break a little right, but race Creek is going to throw it left. And it's just like this, this pocket. I feel like this very, this comfort level I feel when I'm putting out there. And I've putted the golf course really well, even when I have not putted well in tournaments around Augusta. Um, like 2018, I couldn't, I couldn't putt it in the ocean and, and uh, had a chance to win there. Two different rounds, I must have been strokes gained four or five on the greens. I mean, I'm, it's just one of those, like, it takes me out of the technical element and right into the feel element that you try and do every week. But that one, it forces it. Yeah, it definitely does force it. I mean, with no green books, you have to just revert to the your artistry, which you're fantastic at. And 2015 was just a magical week, the whole yeah. week around. I mean, yeah. you just absolutely dominated. I got to ask this one question about 2015. You stood on the 18th tee. You were 19 under. The record's 18 by Tiger Woods. Did you did it cross your mind at all? I had no idea. Really? I had no idea. So when I you bet- made bogey on the last, you were just like, yeah, I won. This, things are great. Yeah, I was only pissed because I was like, <laughs> I just hate to end it with like missing a five footer mm-hmm. and tapping in another one. And when I, I was like, I miss, I had like a, whatever it was, a six, five, six footer for par. I hadn't missed a freaking putt the whole week. Mm-hmm. And I missed it. I'm like, really, I got to go mark this and wait again. And now like, now what am I going to do? Like, and then I didn't plan anything. You know, I just kind of was like, it just came over. Your reaction was, was like, awesome. You didn't have like a celebration yeah. plan. Like this is what I'm going to no, do. Like, this is what I'm going to do. When I, I just, it, I never, I never let it come to me that I was going to win this golf tournament until after I'd hit the chip. Like I, when I walked up the green and you get the standing ovation, I was up four or five. Yeah, it was I guess, over. I guess four because Rosie bogeyed two to fall to a tie, I think, with Phil. And uh, he was in the bright bunker. I hit a little slap cut off the tee. I had to hit five iron, like punch slice. I probably had the distance. I probably had 170, but I was like, I'm going to hit this five iron, just kind of cut it, make sure it's right of the green. And I had just like a little chip up there, hit a decent chip. And I was just, I had no idea what the record. That's that's crazy to me. Yeah. Considering you remember everything else as we're now I just, understanding. I had, yeah. you, if you, you ask me what the, I know the record in, in major championship rounds is 63. Mm-hmm. I don't know who holds them where. Uh, I don't know what the scoring record is at the U.S. Well, Open Brandon Gray shot 62 now, so it's no longer Oh, good point. Yeah, you're right. At the British Open. I did at Burkdale. Yeah, Colt does a lot of research. But let, tell me research. this, though. You put the green jacket on that evening. At what point did you realize, oh, my God, my life has just changed? Or did it change? Yeah, I think when I went up to New York the next day, 
that's when I realized it. I remember getting up there doing like the talk show stuff, which I was like, this is cool. And then we went into like dinner at some Italian restaurant. And I remember the whole place standing up and, and doing like a round Did of applause. you have the jacket on? No. Oh. I was in, I was just in a normal whatever. I just walked in, some one table stand up, stood up, and then the rest of them stood up. I was like, yeah, this is going to be a little bit different. <laughs> Things just changed a little <laughs> Things bit. Things might you be No, because after the first Masters, you still have like the guys that are, um, you know, out there, the autograph seekers and stuff. So like when I was in New York and we'd do a talk show and then, you know, guys will, there would be guys that have, you know, flags or hats or whatever it is, and they'll literally run after the SUV that you're in. And like be pounding on the window at a, you know, it's New York. You're not gonna, you don't get a smooth ride through New York. I just never really thought much of that. But when I went in the restaurant there and that happened, I was like, this is, this could be a little different. Yeah, was the Masters? I'm sorry. What? Was the Masters like the first time you noticed like, okay, my life is different? Or was it the John Deere when you first won or whatever? Was, like, was, was it the Masters? When, yeah, like, I, I mean, can't go out in Dallas. That type of deal. No, it's you know after that it was like, I just recognized you know I was. I, I never really thought about my age and stuff for that. I, I, I'd already felt like I'd been on tour for a few, or had been for a couple of years. It's my third year, I guess. And I'd already played in the Ryder Cup, and I just, I didn't think of myself as 21. And when I kind of recognized, all right, I'm 21, I'm American. Like, this is this hasn't happened since Tiger. This is, okay, this is a bit different. And uh, um, so it was just, yeah, I mean, things started to happen differently. Like, people would be, coming to my door at 8 a.m. on a Monday or That's Tuesday. That's one of the things I was going to say. We were playing a FedEx Cup playoff event up at Bethpage, and we were staying at the same hotel. And I remember you telling me you were getting ready to go to a pro-am. You walked out of your door at 6 a.m. There was two dudes sitting on the ground yeah. waiting for you. That's, for normal. Like, That's normal stuff, dude. Yeah. We got like, a lot. Uh, this is we got it last night. Yeah, it was just, yeah. I mean, it was, it was wild for a little while. Um, and then you start to kind of figure out how to – you don't want to ever have to do that because you want to just be able to go where your buddies are and hang out and all that and and I very well can right now um, but at that time for a little while it was very very odd what was the coolest thing like you, you come back to Dallas your hometown you're the Masters champion what's like the coolest thing you got to do it was pretty awesome going to University of Texas football game I had the jacket and the US Open trophy that fall because you couldn't carry anything else or and i went what? to uh no because remember the bad draw at the british and the bad oh, draw at the pga right. you got screwed yeah, 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 yeah. you guys yeah you i mentioned that earlier right. you guys weren't paying yeah, attention no we're here um, we're here for you going to going to the 50 yard line with those where the stadium full was uh was about as cool as it got i mean that was that was pretty awesome i mean just i grew up a texas longhorn fan my parents aren't from texas so you either grow up an Aggie, a Sooner, or a Longhorn when you don't have an affiliation with any of them. I always chose the Longhorns. I ended up going to school there, and we won a national championship there. And that, you know, 90,000 people up doing – I mean, that was just different. Is that the that last time – when was the last time you wore the green jacket in public outside of your house? So you only have it that year. Yeah. You only get it for one? One year. So the mm -hmm. only time I get to wear my own jacket, which it says it's yours on the inside of the jacket, is when you go back to Augusta National. So um, I'll wear it. I'll wear it an excessive amount every Masters week now. Yeah. Like I go out I go out and have like a whiskey on the, the champion's locker room back porch in my jacket on like a Tuesday after I played a practice. Of course. Because why, yeah. why not, right? Yeah. It's my. I do it with Michael every time we go. We always go do that. Um and, I, you know, the champion's dinner's there. And there's been a couple times I've accidentally 
you know, brought it home from the championship. You're not supposed to have it leave the locker room ever. Happens. Whoops. Um, but I'm like, yeah, my bad. I got to take Well, let's talk home. about that championship. Yeah, Because I think that. that's one of the coolest traditions yeah. in all sports. Obviously, you got to host it. I know you did yeah. your Texas barbecue. Okay, and you've been to a lot of champions dinners since then. What do you do if, like, one of them sucks? <laughs> like, the food sucks. Like, you just yeah. deal with um, it, or do you just be like, excuse me, Danny Willett, your food sucks. I want my <laughs> Texas barbecue back. With Danny Willett, it was like, hey, this should be my dinner. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, there you go. So Perfect. I'm not going to like anything you serve. You're just the best meal <laughs> on planet Danny. Earth. I'm not eating it no matter what. Yeah, Chick-fil-A. and your wine, no, not having it. I'm staying sober tonight. Um, <laughs> yeah, I don't know what you'd do. Uh I mean, I'm sure the food's always great. Cause it's, yeah, I mean, they you, they could yeah they could serve haggis and make it taste good there, you yeah. know. But uh, you know, it's always that you have to choose like a what you're having at cocktail hour, and then you got the dinner and and all that, and you choose the wine. I'm like, I just, I mean, I was I was 21. Like, what the hell do I know about wine? Who, I don't know yeah. But you have all life. the past Masters champions there that are still living. Like, who's one of the guys that always holds court at the champions dinner? So my my dinner, so it was 2016. So my dinner was the last one that Arnold Palmer attended before he passed away. So that was that was pretty awesome. Um, so you you get a menu, your menu, and everyone has one, and you just keep passing it around so everyone signs each menu. So it was the last one that he put his signature on it at the awesome. dinner. And I actually shared the locker with him there too, so that kind of double double cool. But uh, um, it was, I don't even remember, who holds court? It's, um, Phil. I mean, Phil's got Weird. his section. It's really Weird. like three or four sections. Like, some guys sit in the same chair every year. It's just funny. Like, you go into a classroom, you know, when you're growing up, and you, you sometimes there's a signed seat, sometimes there's not. And even when there's not, everyone sits in the same seat every year. It's similar to that. And then the hardest part is once it's not your dinner anymore, you know, who am I going to spend the next 25 30 years sitting at this dinner with you got to kind of make these, well, these choices so yeah who do you, who you sit next sitting to with? um i've actually tried to actually i've tried to be i've sat pretty close to phil i think it's really entertaining clearly yeah. you know that you guys probably both very much know that uh i've been next to zach zach's been a, a mentor and a friend zach johnson for since i came out on tour but i i try and get close to phil that's always fun um Jack Nicholas tells a lot of stories, Gary Player. But that last dinner, my this I was gonna say, my my dinner, which was Arnie's last, it seemed like everyone knew. And so at one point in the night, everyone stopped. Someone stopped, I think Mr. Crenshaw is the is the host, Ben Crenshaw. And I think he stopped it and said, you know, let's all tell a story about Arnold Palmer and how he inspired us. And they went around the entire room, and that was most of the the dinner. Wow, was everyone cool. telling a story wow, that's cool. about Arnold Palmer while he's sitting there, just you know, blushing at that's, eighty that's something years old? Unbelievable! Did yeah. you get to talk with uh, Arnold Palmer much in that last dinner? No, I mean, my only story I had was I was able to in twenty fourteen my first Masters before it started Wednesday afternoon. I was told that all the Masters rookies go to the Wednesday afternoon member party on the back. And I was the only freaking player there, obviously, because it's the night before the Masters, but I had no idea. So I was there. I ended up in a, just a conversation with just Jack Nicholas and Arnold Palmer. Oh. And it was – and I was 20 years 20, old. Yeah. And Do it you, was – Does that kind of relate <laughs> to what you're that? doing right now? More so, nervous with them yeah, or with yeah, me and I mean, Cole I feel right like now. that's the same go. thing. Similar? Yeah. Nerves? Yeah. Um, 
I have more faith in Colts five wood than I did in either one of theirs. That's understandable. Mm. Yeah, if someone that, needed to hit a five wood. I hate that. Yeah, that club. Thing. That club has Thing lost tonight. me some money, and uh, but it was you know them both kind of giving advice on on Augusta. That was the only really Arnold Palmer story that I had, unfortunately. Um, so my story didn't last very long. That's but still, there was some other still, guys. You know, when Jack and Gary space. Player were telling their stories, Ian Woosnam is holding court all the time. I really? Mean, he, he's, That's you know, surprising. Fuzzy Zeller, you know, he's in there having some booze and, and having a good time. Um, yeah, I mean, it's especially everyone. There's just little corners where, you know, different guys. Is are, it a weird dynamic? Because, like, some guys like you, you're trying to win the golf tournament you know, in the upcoming week. And some guys are like, oh, I'm kind of here. doesn't More feel or less like I'm not, I'm not really here to compete. I'm here for like ceremonious reasons. It just really doesn't feel that way. It just feels like it's, it's just a cool room. So Jordan, it seems like Augusta is like the place that, that gets your juices going. One of the most special places, obviously with all the, all the experiences you have there. What do you think back to now you got back to back majors coming up at Augusta national. What's that do for you? Like mentally, is this, is this the place that you like, Oh my God, I got two of these in a row now. Yeah, it's awesome. I mean, this is, Six months ago, I was like, man, what, what, a, what a year. If you can get hot from August to August, yeah. I mean, there's no better time that you can imagine in your career. I mean, you got six majors, and, and to have two at Augusta in six months, I, I think it's awesome. I think November, I, I think oh, we just don't know what to expect, right? I, I, I would think going into it, it's going to actually play pretty similar. I mean, falls are pretty nice. They get the same weather we do here in Dallas a day later. It can be you know, 40 degrees with a wind chill in the 30s, or it could be 75 and, and, and fantastic. So um, you just kind of got to be prepared for whatever. I, I feel good about the fact that I've played it a lot in the fall when they just overseed. So you tee off on one and you hit five iron in, and then the tournament I hit three wood, you know, eight iron most of the time just because it's running different, it's warmer. So I've seen it play really long, um, but it makes the fairways even wider. Uh, I, yeah, I'm pumped. I mean, it's awesome. I mean, I'm just happy that we're able to reschedule it. You know, I, yeah. the British Open, the Open Championship, I, I really wish we were able to do the same, you know, same thing and be able to have two of them as well. I just hate hate missing either one of those tournaments. What's the biggest difference from a November? To, is, it, is it the conditions and how long it'll play? Is it, is think, it favored think, more I think of a bomber in November? I just – I really think – I mean, you know this. You've lived in, in – in, it, 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 could, it could be anything. Perfect, I, now, when right? I look at this, I mean, and, and I've, I've actually talked to, I talk, I remember talking with Justin and Rory about this, um, sitting at lunch one day. We were, I think it was Boston, we were sitting, having lunch and, and watching the telecast just as we're sitting there, and they're showing Bryson. I'm like, this guy, if he has to lose the Masters to not win the Masters. Interesting. He, no, ask his that. fairway on... At, at how far he's flying the golf ball, if it's warm, right? I mean, if it's if it's nice temperatures. I mean, number two is fairways 70 yards wide. Number three flies it in the upslope. No advantage, four, five, six. Um, but you get to eight, carries a bunker, it's mm -hmm. 80 yards wide. Nine, his fairway on nine goes from the scoreboard off number one, 90 yards left of the fairway, to the bunkers off number seven. Mm -hmm. That's his fairway. I mean, okay. it's it's so, a thousand yards wide. So saying that, does that make you like kind of rethink at all what you're doing, or is it just like what am I gonna do between now and then? I, don't, I mean, gain forty, dude. <laughs> drink a bunch of protein. Gain, drink forty. Yeah, drink gain a bunch 40, of You know, it's hard. um, it's one of those things. Is it's uh, if you're hitting it straight and you're hitting it far, it's it's obviously should be a massive advantage. They've done a lot to that golf course after Tiger had won a number of times. 
because of that, he hit it that much further than other guys, and they lengthen so many holes. I wouldn't be surprised if they start to either put in more trees or they have a whole nursery of giant trees right next door they can just take and put in. It's wild how quickly they can do that and make it look like it's been there for 50 years. I just – it's – um. It's going to be really interesting to see that tactic and how that changes how other people do it. Does, does it bother you how he's going about the game? Or yeah, let's get just a little. No, I mean I've we practice at the same place here in town. I, I just I've enjoyed talking to him. It, it, it's it's really interesting to hear his philosophy and you know there are things I agree with and things that I've done differently my whole career and I I don't necessarily I mean if you're going to hit it that far with the way they normally have the rough on the PGA Tour. Mm-hmm. It's a massive advantage if you can learn to do that. But he puts the living crap out of the golf ball. Yeah. That's he what no one realizes. That, that gets, that he gets puts ignored. the living crap out of the golf yeah. ball. And the only disadvantage he has is that his lob wedge is so long that some chip shots become more difficult. That's it. And the only problem is, he, I mean, the, even if those chip shots are more difficult, when most people have them to get up and down for par, he's already driven up next to that. Yeah. Did yeah. you see him in uh, the one they had in Detroit? Oh, I, I oh, said that going in before thing. I go, yeah. he could make an absolute mockery of this golf course. Yeah, like, and he yeah. did. Yeah, I was like, it's going to be an absolute pitch. It's like for this guy. your strokes gained approach. Flips. His strokes gained approach might not be good, but his approach shots were his around the green. He was shots. last in strokes gained approach because he was too close to the green. The, the it, it was all. It was all. It was all trying to get up and down for par. I didn't there know that go. was his drive. Had no idea that was the actual stat. Go ahead, dude. I got to ask you about that because obviously he just won the U.S. Open at Wingfoot, and I heard an interesting story with the U.S. Open trophy, and you when Gary Woodland won. He brought it to the tap room, <laughs> mm. and you, being a past U.S. Open champion, could not figure out how to get the lid off, so you could fill it with some I booze. broke the lid. So you flipped it upside down, but going – so I asked Gary this the other day. I was like, does that mean Jordan never opened the lid and filled it up? No, I broke – the day I won it, I was taking pictures on the 18th green at Chambers Bay. I didn't know that the lid was, like, pretty easy for it to come off. Mm-hmm. I say that. I think it had been loosened or somebody else, I'd like to say, something happened to where it wasn't the way it was supposed to be because I was just, like, holding it up, and then the whole top just came right off and fell on the ground. And I'm like, well, that's kind of embarrassing. There's, like, so many people in the stands Happens here or whatever. Best of us. Now, honestly, how, this is this is how uh, much most... I thought about how much I cared about yeah. that, like, <laughs> that much. I was like, well, that kind of sucks. I don't really care. I want to pick this up, put it back on. Um, I very I, – I, Yes, I I had the, the trophy opened. Okay, yes. good. Okay, Me and so Gary you were, were able to this. drink out of it at some point. Yes, and uh, I think good. what they did was they probably fixed the latch to make it more difficult, and then I didn't know what to do when Gary had it. Well, and neither did Gary. He's not really Also, smart. myself and Justin, we had been in the tap room for a number of hours after we had finished Fair our enough. round. good point. And so it was going to be more difficult to accomplish trickier. anything at that mm-hmm. point because right. all I had to do was walk back to my room. So I figured I was already at the tap room. I'm going to celebrate with my friend Gary, and I'm going to get ahead of him. Colt celebrated with his friend Gary, but he took the trophy and duct taped his own name, I think, on the, on the winner's Did year, right? right? He let Isn't me, that uh, right in Vegas? Yeah, right? we were in Vegas, and I, kept, I was like, dude, let me have the trophy for the day. He's like, finally he agreed. He's like, all right, oh, I'll God. tell you what. You take. I'm going to go to dinner. You take it. So we were in Aria at Alibi, <laughs> and I took a piece of white tape, and I put it over his name and wrote mine on it, and we just filled it up all day. It was fantastic. And I never let it out of my sight. And Jordan. 95% of the people there had you no just idea. Do that like, Aria in there. He's always got to get his freaking plug in. Oh, he always got to plug <laughs> Aria, dude. Got to take you know care of you. Right? You want to plug anybody right now? AT&T or uh, I, I, you know, Texan Drive, you know, anybody? 
No, yeah. Hashtag X, man. Hashtag X. Like <laughs> I love it. Well, let's oh, talk a little bit about, I mean, what, what obviously is mine and Sleaze's favorite event is the Ryder Cup. Okay. Which More than anything, bro. Played multiple ass. But we got to talk about a little bit about the last Ryder Cup in Paris. Okay. Because that was kind of a little bit, I don't know if it was awkward for you at all. You're always paired with Patrick Reed. You were kind of attached to the hip. Yeah, and then let's get into Justin Thomas makes the hip is aggressive. But well, go on. Uh, that's <laughs> I thought you were like Siamese twin, like, like the little yes. like, girl like this. Sure. Okay. When y'all were hugging, I didn't know who was who, but <laughs> <laughs> I'm kidding. Uh, it was hard anyway, to tell. And you're how was it like in the team room in in 18 in Paris when you're going out with Justin Thomas and here's Patrick Reed who you y'all have actually just dominated every time yeah. y'all seem to pair up together. It was uh, 2015 in the President's Cup in Korea, and uh, Jay Haas was their captain. Mm-hmm. And he came to, at that point, like, he came to me. He was like, hey, who do you want to play with this week? Which is kind of kind of a cool position to be in. He was like, you're leading our team. Who do you want to play with? I was like, well, you know, I want to play with Patrick. We've had success uh, last year at the Ryder Cup. I'd love to play around with DJ. I think that would be so much fun. I battle with DJ. I've I've actually battled with DJ more than I have anybody else on on the PJ Tour, whether it's majors or PJ Tour events, um, and I've loved it. And I've played more rounds probably in his group than I have anyone else. So I was like, I I come on play with DJ. This would be this would be awesome. I'd love playing from his drives. This would be great. And then he's gonna have to play from mine. And he's gonna be like, I don't really want to hit seven iron. Anyway, point being, <laughs> I had already played with DJ some. Um, then I played with Patrick later in the week. He had told me like. He made a birdie, he came over, he was like, yeah, that's what you get for playing with DJ. And we literally were like, I was like, we had both made eight birdies through 15 holes, and or 14 holes, and destroyed whoever we were playing. But it was like this, it was almost like I'd fired him up more, not playing with somebody else. But, um, I mean, I grew up with Justin. I mean, he's my best friend in the, I mean, he's one of my best friends in the entire world. Like, I grew up since we were 13 together. We've been the biggest fans of each other through our entire process of junior golf, college golf, professional golf, into winning major championships. And it's like into being number one in the world. Like we've accomplished these massive goals we set out when we were 13 at Mansfield here. And it um, can't even remember the golf course where I played with uh, played with, played with JT Walnut in the final Creek round, Walnut something. Creek. Wow, how about Good that Good job, Cole. Good scoop. Oh, what a Sorry, good guys. scoop. What Walnut. a Guys, Shout Colt's going to excuse Creek. himself. He is done this now. This thing goes deep. Um, <laughs> yeah. And uh, we were paired there in a final round, and that's when we met. And uh, so I was like, I mean, obviously I want to play with him. Like, mm-hmm. this would be so awesome. And uh, the team room, I mean, it was fine. I mean, we we all had people we were going to play with. I think when we were getting ready for the tournament, I think it was myself, Tiger, Justin, and Patrick, which was freaking badass to play in a pod with Tiger at a Ryder Cup mm-hmm. like you might be paired with him even though we knew that it was going to be Justin's partner if I played with Patrick and um and they and then Patrick and Tiger might play together when I was and I'm like and second of all I also didn't think it'd be a big deal if I played with Justin and Patrick got Tiger like doesn't doesn't seem like that would be something that would upset people yeah. that that you get Tiger um so it was just you know it was part of the pod it was just or fire team or whatever it was called. And uh, I, I just, for me, it was mainly like we had grown up together. We had accomplished these goals together. We're finally at like the coolest stage in golf, the Ryder Cup. Let's go out and kick some ass together. I mean, that's what we wanted to do. And, uh, you know, I mean, I, 
everything was fine. Nothing was a big deal. And there was a, you know, things were raised afterwards. And then Patrick and I have been awesome since. And it's really been, it, it really was like blown out for six months. And then other than that, it's been nothing. It's amazing how it all happens. If you would have won, there wouldn't have been a word said about it. Yeah, sure. I, I don't I mean, know. I mean, yeah. I had an awesome time. I, and those events, it's like, yes, I want to win them as bad as I want to win any event that I play in. Mm-hmm. It's shown by raw emotion that I show in those events. At the same time, when I get done with them, I want to be like, man, it was awesome to play with all these different phenomenal Hall of Fame players in Ryder Cups. Like that, That's what I want to do. I mean, the next one I might be like, man, I'd, it'd be so cool to play with Colin Morikawa or Matt Wolf or whoever it may be. I, you know, I mean, that's just that's just how I look at those events. Well, that's make... perfect. Do you, do you do you pick if they come to you and like, hey Jordan, who do you want to play with? Are you picking like the guys that you're best friends with and you know that you get along with like socially? Or are you picking like, here's the guy I think that my game meshes well with? Well, first off, I'm trying to beg for a pick in general <laughs> to get on the team at this point. No, relax. Um, but uh, but no, I mean it's obviously. How are you going to pick somebody that, like, if, if someone were like, hey, Bryson wants to play with you, I'd be like, okay, cool. I'll play from those drives. Absolutely. Every like, time. like, everybody there you're going to have just as good of a chance at winning with. Like, these are the best players in the world. So you can't say that I want to play with this guy because I think, like, especially in, like, a best ball format, it's like you're – yeah, you're like both ultimate playing. shot, yeah. there's there's Alter. some stuff that goes mm-hmm. into it. Like I want it to mesh. I want to be able to kind of be on the right page reading putts with this guy. But best ball, it's like, dude, you're one of the best in the world. I'm one of the best in the world. Why am I going to go read your putts? Why are you going to go read my putts? Let's just go out and shoot a good score and we'll beat these guys. You know? Yeah, it's not like you're playing with a scrub. I mean, it, it's not like you got to go caddy for yeah. somebody. Like this is this is what it is. And um, alternate shot there's a little bit more into it yeah i would think alternate me, shots a little different let's just get this on the record right now okay i think this is very important oh, here we go. for all of us here okay we go. nervous for because all of us there's probably a safe bet you're going to be a Ryder cup captain one day mm. okay me and sleaze get to be a part of this team no matter what happens that's fair we just we don't have to be assistant captains what do, what do you call it captain no of morale <laughs> Team oh, liaison. Uh, uh chancellor what's what's mcconaughey at ut what's he do minister of culture is that God, his if you guys could title? do what he does at UT, Dude, are you kidding uh, me? Give us a chance. You think we can do what McConaughey does? He doesn't do anything but put on a jacket and walk around and, and say, "All right, all right, all right." <laughs> we can do that. I guarantee you in the locker room, bro. I have no idea what he just said. That's exactly what he does, dude. Perfect. He just sits like, "All right, all right, all right." He claps and rallies everybody, and they we go can out do that. And play uh, their ass off. I mean, all right, when George Spieth's captain, uh, Colton Slees are on the team. Yeah, can we book that? Not to play. We're just going to be This is a verbal contract. It so. really, it, I think it depends on how successful you guys get at what you're doing. Because you have to be one of the best in the world to be a part of the team. So you got to be one of the best in the world. I don't like doing. how you're making all these Oh, what it's called is I'm just Ministers saying, of like, Culture. The guys, the, the guys that have been in this room are like Michael Jordan, Michael Phelps. Like, you guys got to be one of the best Sleaze, in the world at what Cole. you do. It just flows. It all flows. It's all the MJ, same. It might, Phelps, it might MJ, flow. Cole, I wouldn't Sleaze, bet against you guys, but you're Phelps. not there yet. I don't understand the Problem. All right, so we got a little ways to go. Is First what off, he's saying. you know what you do is you send us over to the other teams, and we sneak in there. And See, oh, we'll we infiltrate. Now, 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 double now, agent. Now we're double now agent. We're type I got now you. We're cooking. Double agent, bro. Yeah. We'll go yeah. in there and I, be like, um, hey, who you guys like? Yeah. And then we'll come back and feed that. Hey, girl. man, you know when you when you get it to the top, does your yeah. face like there? Or there? Yeah. 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 Do you breathe in or out at impact? Yeah, there you go. Yeah, dude. We will wreck the whole thing. So your putting stats this year were. Yeah, you weren't very good. You realize how terrible you were this year around the greens. Awful. 
Off. All right, I want to tell you guys about our new sponsor, Rockform. It is the ultimate, newest, easiest to use golf speaker on the market. Colt and I just got back from Dallas. We used Rockform. We had it on the cart. It's got powerful magnets. It grabs the carts. We were chasing my ball all over the weeds, had the pedal floored. It never came loose one time. 24-hour battery life. You can get up to five rounds of golf in a single charge, maybe six. This thing is the nuts. You got to get it. Go to rockform.com. Enter code subpar for 25% off. That's code subpar at R-O-K-F-O-R-M.com for 25% off Rockform speakers. All right, we got. I got. I got a real question. This. I got a real question. Real quick. All right, you go a real question. <laughs> I got a real question about. All right, this. you Obviously, go real. I have a real one too. Your your game has not been exactly where you want it to be. Mm-hmm. Do you listen to any of the outside noise from the media? Not us, because we're great. We love you. Yeah, and we, we slurp love you, you all the but time. But apparently, the rest of the media doesn't. Is that what you're assuming? No, the rest of the media oh, okay. sucks. Me and Cole are great. Very positive about you. But do you listen to any of the outside noise or like see like do you look at? I'm Twitter totally at all? shut off. I've been shut off for years though. I've are been you a totally, social media guy? I've been shut. I I don't. Are have, you Twitter or Instagram? I, I guy? don't know my login and I don't have access Respect. to any of my I love social. You for that. And so I haven't. And I haven't comes out. It wasn't him. And I haven't had it for for quite a while um God i found myself you. on it all the time really i was just like looked at my screen time yeah it's a waste i'm like man i mean it's and, and i you know at times it's like man i i actually have to get a lot of time i just text justin when something comes up in the golf i'm like hey send me a screenshot of what that was and uh is he on there is he yeah yeah, on yeah. The, i mean yeah media? yeah but on i just you know i i like i just started like whether it's good or bad you know it's i just, just kind of want to stay right in here it's and noise. When I when I started playing really really well, it was like um, when I first came out on tour, even college golf, all that. I mean, that was just starting, and it was never something that was something I focused on or spent a lot of time in during a day. And I was just like, why am I doing that now? I just mm-hmm. what I what I do is um, I love to play golf, and that's pretty much it. And so why would I do anything or listen to anyone? I mean, just um That's no fair. to answer, your, got, to answer your question you... no it's just it's just simply like i didn't find like when someone's boosting you up when i look back and and i was on social when things were at their highest and i've been on social you know when when i had my worst year i've had and it's like when things are at their highest you're still getting nitpicked you still you know of course and, and when things are at your lowest you know you can get brought down it's like why would i let anybody else bring it? no one knows what i'm going through no one knows exactly. what i'm trying to work on you know and that kind of stuff and um I'm, i've been off of it it's been great i haven't regretted it one bit and yeah. uh it frees me up i feel like i'm in my own process i feel like i'm in my own time i feel patient i feel free and that's all I want to do. You're you know? missing. Let me tell you this. You're missing absolutely nothing on Twitter, Instagram, there's, whatever. All every the once in a while, is. there's got to be some no, really dude, good ones. Because well, various, there's some funny you know, stuff. Other than that, but you're missing yeah. nothing. I got a serious question too, though. I want to know. Do you think, in some ways, like you're a victim of your own success? You come out so young, fresh out of college. You win. You you get to world number one. You get on the Presidents Cup, Ryder Cup team. You accomplish things that people at your age don't accomplish. So at that point, the bar is set. It's right here. There's nowhere to go for you but down at that point. Do you think in some way, and as soon as you don't accomplish those exact same things every year, people are like, hey, what's wrong with Jordan? Why isn't he doing this? Do you think you're a victim of your own, own success in some regard? Yeah, I remember. I remember. Because I agree this I remember showing up at Kapalua in um, January of 2016. I remember going in the interview room, and I remember just being asked, you know, what's the encore? And I was like, I remember trying to set everybody back. I was like, look, 
if I were to, I just kind of put it, I, I was thinking, I, I mean, I thought, thought about this stuff. I'm like, last year was incredible. Do I think I can do it more often and do it all the time? Yeah, I think I can. But is it realistic to assume that I'll get in Augusta when I won? I remember first or second round on 14. I hit it a little cut under a tree to a left pin. No lie, no shot. Takes one bounce, hits the pin. I make birdie. Should have made bogey. You know that? Do I assume I'm going to get those kind of breaks? All no, because you're just not. Like things go your way. You get on runs, just like anything else. You watch an NBA playoff game. I mean, they go on runs of 15 points. You know, 15 to two runs all the time. You get on good runs. But do I think that my talent level and my base and everything that um, I'm working towards is going to change much? No, I think I'm still going to be virtually close to as successful or as successful as I was. But I remember being in that interview room and saying, guys, like if I were to do what I did last year every year and I went, I think, on a 20-year thing, I'd have 40 majors, yeah. 100 wins. And by the It's like this is totally unrealistic nor and I do not think that that is anything that I'm striving towards. What I'm striving towards is trying to birdie the first hole that I play on Thursday. And then after that, it's going to be trying to birdie the second hole that I play on Thursday. And what didn't help was I ended up winning that week by eight shots. <laughs> Way and to go, Jordan. No big deal, guys. And it's so the I, problem. You so got to lose more. <laughs> so, so I moved on from that, and I'm like, uh, um, this game's easy right now. This is awesome. And knowing that it wouldn't always be that easy. Yeah, of course. I'll wait for that. Sorry. Now we got a truck. Let it go. You're all right. Gas cart. But um, yeah, I mean, I don't think I'm a victim of my own success. I don't regret anything. That, and I'm not saying you you were saying that at all. I I did I'm, say that though. I'm very I'm very <laughs> I'm very I'm I'm absolutely stoked with everything that's happened because I know what that high level is. I know what I'm capable of doing. Yeah. And I know I can do it again. And that's awesome. And where I'm at right now is somewhere I didn't think that I'd be when I was at that time. But also, if you ask me at the end of Q school, you know, even at my worst, so take the last couple of years at my worst and say this is this is two years that you've had on the PGA Tour, I'd be like, man, that's, you know, I'm a young guy. I'm playing the PGA Tour. Maybe I'm getting better, you know, yeah. whatever. It's just when I let the comparisons happen is when the negativity seeps into, like, why am I not doing that? Um, at the same time, I've already been there. And so when my swing or mechanics get off, now I can look back at the blueprint of what was so successful back then and what's different now and map that blueprint. And when I, if, if, and when I'm able to map that blueprint, which is what I'm working towards now, it should be pretty much the exact same. I'm in a great mental space. Maybe I won't make 30% of putts outside of 25 feet. Clearly that's not going to be something that happens. Those are the run type things. But if I'm in that same spot where I get to a consistency level because my mechanics are in the same consistency, I've learned a lot. I've learned how to handle pressure better than I knew how to handle it my first couple of years on tour. Yeah. Um, I've learned a lot of things that actually could be more advantageous going forward. It's just about kind of getting that blueprint back. Getting are, that are you looking back at those years where you, 2015, for instance, where you were unbelievable? Are you looking back at those years and swings from those years and being like, man, this is when I was at my best. I need to try yeah. to get back to that. My right body now. changed quite a bit between there and like, say, so 2017, I actually had a lower scoring average. I actually played better in 2017 than 2015. I didn't have as many wins because they just, the great rounds didn't come at the exact same times. Right, so I had a chance to win the Masters that year. I won the British that year. Um, didn't quite go as low at uh, the U.S. Open or the or the PGA, but 
I hit the ball. My ball striking was first or second on tee to green that year. It was the best year I ever hit the ball. And I didn't putt as well as, as 15. Otherwise, you can't you can't be first in every category. I mean, that's what Tiger did. You're for not first or last, Jordan. Whatever, yeah. But oh, Ricky enough, Bobby. Colt, Ricky enough. Bobby deal. But my point being, I, I look at, <laughs> yes, I have, I have my similarity. I'm trying to kind of find the balance of, of where things are, but really look at the, the very um, – Kind of the big muscles like what were what what were the main things that i was doing so well and where are the differences that actually create differences in timing that make it more difficult to um to be consistent in ball striking and and in putting i mean same deal so i just didn't do i didn't do a great job of having that blueprint back then and sticking to it and it's been something in the last year or so that i've been kind of on and really working towards well we can say this Respect. we all want you to get back Respect. to that level I mean, obviously, golf's much better when you're playing your best golf. It's fun when, you're, you, when you're the golden child. We, we're big fans of yours. We love you, dude. Yeah, but love you. You're our is, first guest on Gravy in the Sleeves. Never forget yeah, that. That is actually yeah. true. Yeah. Never forget that, bro. Gravy in the Sleeves. Ever. All right. All right. But now we get the into the someday. emergency nine. Yeah, a little E9, this bro. Is, this okay. is some nine fun questions about Jordan Spieth. Yeah. No, it's nothing bad. Dude. It's just No, fun. it's terrible. I know you a little better. All right, it's it's terrible. All right, we're going to start off. Number one, we ask this to everyone. There's a movie made about the life of Jordan Spieth. You can pick any actor to play oh, you, dead or alive, who plays you. <laughs> this is a lose-lose. No, it's not. <laughs> no, is, pick. Do you, to, do you want us to give you some past Oh, uh, Gary Woodland picked who? Denzel Washington. Yeah, he's an idiot. <laughs> John Daly picked Matt Damon. Yes. So there's for no me or bar. for them? No, for you. No, for you. Who plays no, no. you? That, this is Gary picked Denzel to play him. Yeah. Oh, they picked them yeah, for themselves. Just, that was their choice. And he's like, I don't understand why this <laughs> Gary's just He's just going to mess with Denzel you the whole time. Great. Like uh, he's going to mess with you the whole time. <laughs> we also make Matt Damon for John great. Daly. That's an interesting yeah. one. Yeah, he's, um, that was a stretch, possibly. Uh, mm. Yeah, I got to think about that one. Um, yeah. I want to go with like a Bradley Cooper hangover edition. Okay. Oh. There you like go. I want to go with like, like, okay. like, show? like uh, pick the hottest guy in Hollywood. <laughs> yeah, Way right. to go, Jordan. <laughs> yeah. No, I mean like he could be the, it's the first thing that comes to mind. He could be like the, he's always like you lost a member of your squad and it was probably his fault. Of the wolf pack. Um, yeah, lost a member exactly. Of the wolf pack? But, uh, Who'd also you have? he's the one that's got to be like the one that's kind of in control of trying to get, stuff back together so i, I did it i pride myself on this jordan i take i spend a lot of time on you this. guys are gonna have better you're gonna be a throwback all right so i'm gonna take a guy that's older currently but i'm gonna rewind him back to your age i'm gonna take kevin costner i was i would that would never you mind. wanted it didn't you i wanted it but hey touch i don't me. think touch me i don't think i'm worthy of any of these no people, no no you're kevin costner. i actually had matt damon for you uh, I think Matt Damon's okay. It, it I had, it, I, I like contemplated that. We 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 run the clock yeah. or fast forward the clock, but there's been so many shitty. You guys answers. just took guys out of golf movies, and then that's not true. Well, well Ten Cup did help, but I honestly feel like he could he could do he could yeah. he could do a good job because there's not many people that Danny can do what you do. <laughs> All right, number two. All right, serious question. You ready? Serious. Look at me in the eyes when I talk to you right now. God. All right. All right. Serious question. True or false? All right. True or false question. You and Justin Thomas. Our friends and actually grew up playing golf together in junior golf. True. True. Oh, there we go. I didn't know. I had no idea. Colt, next time you're on broadcast, All make right. sure you bring okay. that up. Okay. Because never, okay. it's never been brought True up. True or false? He True or false? Colt followed me and Justin in a round, and all we did was mess with Colt the entire round yeah, during was, a major that's championship. True. And you're probably going to get me a job for that. Thank you for that. Yeah. And by the way, true or false, he owns you at Mario Kart. 
Oh yeah, I heard Ooh. that. I heard yeah, that. you guys texted that at the grapevine. Mm. Yeah, I did beat him the first time, and then he beat me the second. What Let's console are you guys playing on? He told in me sixty four. He told in me he owns We we stayed in a house at the U.S. Open, and there was a Nintendo sixty four. Like obviously, we we're gonna play Mario Kart. So, Re- so Nick Taylor that went to him. Have you ever played with Nick Taylor? Yeah, I think I lost a hundred bucks. He uh, says Nick he's Taylor? the top five in the world Mario Kart player. I've not played. Nintendo 64 with Nick Taylor, no. All right, we'll link that. That was a question I did not think I'd get today. Right, that's what we do on this show. That's what we do. Number three. Obviously, you're the golden child of Dallas. You're a big deal here in the city of Dallas. (laughs) When is the last time you paid for a ticket to a Dallas sporting event? Mm. man. <laughs> you can't, it doesn't even come to I mind because it's been so long. I was 12. Uh, my years dad old. took me to see Michael Jordan when I was four. Yeah. <laughs> Charles Barkley. He was, was on the Wizards, man. Yeah. But yes, yeah. he took me there. Uh, I bought season tickets for the Cowboys 2014. First off, hold on. How old were you in 2014? AT&T Stadium. I, for the Dallas Cowboys at AT&T Stadium. You got a discount, though. Probably, but you said what I pay for. Yeah, you said yeah, what I paid for. Still I may have paid, yeah. you know, for half the games uh, and got the full package. Okay, I don't know. Fine. But right, yeah. we'll, we'll accept the answer. I, I mean, I want to say there's been. I, you know what? That's not true. I go to, I go to, other than this season, I go to a dozen Ranger games. Go up in the nosebleeds with my friends and just drink beer. That's really? respect. That's yeah. fantastic. Dollar that hot dog respect. night. You don't get you, know? ha- you don't get hassled up there. No, no, no. We do. We go up to the top. There's, you wear the you know, hat. there's nobody up there. And the summer nights is hot. You know, there's a new new ballpark this year. Yeah. New, but the old ballpark, you know, is outdoors. There's nobody up there. We go up in the nosebleeds and we just have a time. Just of get it. amongst yeah. it. Yeah, we get our kind of high school college friends together. We go up there and seven dollar tickets or whatever. And, get those and Dallas Jesuit yeah. boys. Yeah. All right, number four. All right, respect. All right, here we go. I ask this because you're the answer. So probably the answer to that question was probably last year okay all right last year i feel like you should get all your shit for free in this town but whatever all right i asked this question because you are the answer for a lot of people you got a 10-foot putt for your life you can't say tiger yeah no i know i have two people is it okay if i have two yeah i'd have it it depends on it if it's right to left jason day if it's left to right greg chalmers Oh, no Greg question. Chalmers. Oh, Greg the Chalmers. The the snake and honestly, I, I I could choose either one on both of those putts, but I'm just choosing righty lefty there. Okay, but See, I, Colt thought ahead. you might pick him, and I was going to say Colt drinks offended. a lot. I'm really sorry. So you you're right Colt. behind him, though. Okay, that's fine. I'll take you're him right. three. If, if you say that it's a gambling match, I'd choose you over either one of them. I'm but if you say, Tuesday no, but if I'm like Jordan, Colt drinks like a lot. So you should consider yeah, that. that. This is for your like, life, dude. People putting. depend on It this. just makes him talk more shit. Yeah, good point. Good point. That's a good point. All right. All Greg right. Chalmers. Well, that's a shout-out, Greg Chalmers. Number, that number guy f- can roll his can. rock. That's ridiculous. I mean, he is, snake. He's, a, he's a top five, just like J-Day, every year, strokes mm-hmm. hand putting. I agree. Day's hard to argue with. All right, number five. Now that your life's on the line once again. Oh, okay. Dude, you're Sorry. in trouble. Yeah, life or death situation. Your Dallas Cowboys have to win the Super Bowl to keep you alive. <laughs> You get to pick the quarterback, Dak Prescott, Tony Romo. Ooh. Who's keeping Hello. you alive? This is it was going to be way better when Tony is, was sitting right here. Yeah, Tony was supposed to be <laughs> in a bailed. chair, but he's an idiot. So is it? Does so? Tony has is in a cast right now. No, no. This no, is going back healthy, to their prime. A but it's his version. left hand. No, so you're talking Tony about. Romo. So give yeah. me like you're saying 2016 that season, sure. right? We're the best team. Prime in Tony Romo. Yeah. Prime Dak, Dak Prescott. You get to pick one of them to lead your team to Super Bowl to save your life. Who's who? Are you picking? Mm-hmm. I'd pick Tony. Oh, oh Dak, you're Dak. Dak, grab Dak. some bench, bro. Oh, right now, I mean, you know, Dak, Dak's got a lot of time to prove. 
Okay, fair enough. That he that he's that guy. That question USA, was way cooler. USA Today he, is going to pick this up. The question was way cooler when Tony Say, I, said But right then, here. but then I couldn't have said him if he was sitting here. Uh, That'll be good for us. The problem Bad is, is you. once this show is the number one show anywhere in the world, now I'm mm-hmm. going to be in trouble and I won't get my free tickets anymore because Dak's the damn quarterback. No. The good news is you bought a state season tickets. <laughs> no, that was in 2014. <laughs> you can still okay? get that upper deck. That was 2014. You can still get that upper deck. Your suite I, just went to another level, a little higher. Yeah, yeah that, those suites, man. You gotta much. you gotta pay. It's like it's like something like the lowest you can get in at a suite there. You got to pay 150 grand for the rights to buy the suites for the what? seat license. Yeah, that's how they are nowadays. Yeah. What? Yeah, you buy seat for a guy license. like you that's the hero of this town. Nobody, you don't get you don't get some sort of somebody's deal. Somebody's gonna buy it. Why would they give it for free? That's true. Because they can they can yeah. just pan to you every every inning no, or they every, can give them two every tickets, period. They do that anyway. Yeah. Who gives the better commentary, Tony Romo during an NFL game? Or you immediately after your ball hits the club face. Tony, obviously. <laughs> Mine's awful. I don't know, dude. You're close. I, I just like, God, there are so many times where I wish that I didn't have a microphone on me every single shot. And it's not like, I just, I don't even recognize that I do it. And like when I was in college, I didn't have anyone to talk to. Now I just feel like I got to tell Michael about every single shot, even though he doesn't care. Like, <laughs> he's like, all right, man, just get in the hole faster than the other guys. However you want to do it. I don't really care how it happens. Do you know that right after you hit a shot, you're like immediately like, oh, that's a little bit right. It's got to sit down. Yeah, I mean, when I strike it, you know, I mean, I'm if I made a mistake or something, like if it's exactly how I want it to feel, I normally don't say much. But most of the time, like right after, I'm like, oh, no. You know? <laughs> that's fucked. Like, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> got it. All right. Number seven. All right. <laughs> this tattoo has to be visible, so I'm going to say, like, your forearm. Okay. okay? If I told you. You had to get Boomer Sooner tattooed on your forearm so the whole world can see it every single golf shot you hit, but you hit every fairway the rest of your career. Would you do it? Being Absolutely. Not even a question. These Texas Longhorn fans are not going to But I would turn it into a sleeve, and no. then I would look like it's a badass. I would look it. like a badass. It would just be one of the tattoos nope. on my it's arm. It's got to be visible. You didn't no say it. I've never. No, I would turn my it game, in, not yours. I'm not wearing sleeves. I would turn it into a sleeve of tattoos. I would oh, get a sleeve. My entire arm would be a tattoo. It has to be all Oklahoma Sooner. But not my shooting arm. My other arm. Has oh, your shooting arm. It's not my shooting arm. Are you shooting? Are you trying to get to the league? I'm lefty. Are you trying to? Are you thinking about getting a sleeve, perhaps? Well, I'm just saying, like, if I got Boomer sooner, I may as well turn you it into a well sleeve. Might as well camouflage the whole thing. I get to hit every with a bunch of smoke and like adjusts and things like that. Why? This is perfect. I don't like the sleeve. I'm creating. You didn't say that it was the only tattoo on my. I don't see a problem. with Right. All right. Sleeve it up. He says, take the sleeve and hit every fairway. Fair enough. All right, next question. Yeah, then not only am I hitting every fairway, I also look like a badass. I mean, I'm, it's like Leo Messi, man. The guy's got a sleeve on his leg and one arm, but he True. doesn't. He doesn't do it on his leg that he kicks with. True. Okay. I'll I think you, you hey, Jordan. Messi. Jordan, I think you can pull a sleeve off. Thank you. Don't be afraid of Thank doing you. that. Yeah. All right, next I'll question. Play in the NHL. And as be a Colt lot cooler said earlier, than I am right now, but as Colt said earlier, you are huge in the Dallas area, right now. So you know, more famous. Pilot Point High School alumni, Colt Nost or Joe Exotic? Excuse me? He's a Tell me you know who I've Joe Exotic is. Yeah, of course I know who Joe Exotic yeah, is. Yeah, so who's we, more famous? You guys we went, went to the same high school? We found that yes, out recently. Yes, dude. Colt's third <laughs> oh, most famous. famous. I mean, Joe Exotic's obviously way more famous, Thank but you. like – but like 100% who would I rather have a beer with Colt but like whoa beers relax on that you would not rather have Joe Exotic sitting right here for an hour than Colt no I no he probably wouldn't creep you out with his pupils dude (laughs) Joe Exotic like maybe orchestrated a murder and a lot of other things like yeah dude he's yeah don't look at that 
All right. Joe Exotic. Next question. All right. Last so then, one. All right. All right. All this right. is it. And then need, we're done. You have an incredible memory, obviously, as we've learned during the show. I want you to think back to a Friday afternoon at Riviera Country Club. You may have opened your phone and turned on a text that said, Game over for Spieth. <laughs> don't, dude, don't even. It wasn't. Here, here's the thing. Here's where up. you made the mistake. I hate you. Here's where you made the mistake. It was you. actually Saturday. Oh, it was Saturday. It was Saturday. Oh, it was Saturday. I was, I was told it was don't, Friday. Don't. And maybe a certain someone. I've been waiting for this to come off. Actually, I've been waiting for this to come off. Perfect. This is. Turn it off. Quit the whole. How did you feel when a when a co-host here at Golf Subpar? This is so bad. I love. Hey, Jordan, look at me and my tiny pupils. I love you. I love Let's you. talk about it. We've had we've had our ups and downs. Yeah. And uh and, and we're at a better place now than we were then. We're we I uh immense. I I was playing Riviera and I happened to be I could probably pull it up <laughs> on my phone. Let me just go ahead and This is a joke. Don't go back to the text. I might. Don't Please go back to the text. I got to, but well, the problem please, is. Let's explain to everyone what happened. All right, that give night. some context to the whole shit because I will talk about it in a second. Okay. Well, first it off, was the, if one of the darkest it, moments the, of my career. I don't know the context. Anyway, the story is now that we've been <laughs> okay, waiting, I had actually, I was playing horrible golf and I had worked my way somehow into the second to last group on Saturday at Riviera. And it was rainy and windy and it was hard. And I, again, I preface this with. I did not know where the ball was going. And this happened multiple times in 2019 and I, where I was in the last group on Saturday and I was on the range and I looked at Michael and said, how am I teeing off in the last group on Saturday? This is incredible right now. Just knowing how I was actually hitting it. This is not like a mental thing. It's like literally I don't know where it's going to go. And uh, I played very poorly that day, highlighted by – what did I make? Don't don't I don't know, dude. I actually I don't know. Was, what don't did I make? I remember a lot of things, but I don't remember. I, I think it was, it was more. It was on the tenth holes where. It no, happened. I know where it happened, and I remember every <laughs> shot. I just don't remember what they added up to. You made like a seven on ten, dude. No, it was not a seven. Eight. It was either an eight or nine. Yeah, okay. it was an eight. It was a lot. On I had eight, driven on it at a rib. Driven in the bunker, then I had just caught it, kind of like that John Deere one, just nipped it perfectly, mm -hmm, yeah. and it flew the green, and it plugged. <laughs> so then I tried to play the plug, and that plugged, and then I hit it again and again and again and again and again. And so I shot somewhere, I've shot like three rounds in my entire professional golf career in the 80s, and that was one of them. And I got done with the round and very upset, and I received a text that's, that Did I you saw. Did saved? No. It was a random number, <laughs> and it had said, "Random." I just gotta find it. It was like, "Down goes speed." Game down over go for game speed. over no, for I'll speed. No, I'll tell you what it was, Jordan. It was game over for speed. Mm -hmm. Yeah, game over for speed. Thanks, Colt. I need to find this it. This is a great question to ask on the <laughs> podcast, dude. I felt like dying. I don't have it. Dying. God, you still don't have your number. Still haven't saved, saved your number. <laughs> That, uh, that 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 feels fair. That feels fair, dude. But explain to us. So you claim Here's you, were, the situation. you were looking at the leaderboard. All right. Can I explain it to I'm you, Jordan? Because I sent you a paragraph text after it happened because I was literally about to dig a hole for myself and bury <laughs> now it Now I'm just searching down it. ghost speed in my text. No, it was game over for speed. Oh, that's what it Google was. Google that yeah. or whatever you do. All right. Here's the deal. I had bet on Jordan against Hideki. Okay, hold uh, on. You were matched up with Hideki hold for on. the week, and I'd bet you. Right, you, you were to, even money against Hideki. Do you want me to clarify? Because you recently texted this to a good friend, and I can clarify 
everything. Oh, thank well, God. Just let I was me, looking let for me tell you're lying the story, right dude. You're lying. I'm not lying. Let me read what you said. In this quote. is bullshit. You know quote. Colt's a liar. Anyway, I, was, I got done. I was pissed. I saw that, and I was like, and I actually, by the time the round was, you know, when you're shooting a bad round, or if you're going to miss a cut dude. by three or four, you, when you get the last three or four holes, it's already been accepted. Like, you're just at that point, you're like, all right, well, I can't win this tournament anymore, or I'm already going to shoot somewhere around 80. Like, this is terrible. And actually, I remember being pissed right after, but I remember seeing it and being like, this is going to be more fun to mess with you. And dude, I actually wasn't that mad. You, you were, I And knew I think it. my response was like, hey, thanks, dude. Really you said, thanks for that. Quote. Thanks for that. Thanks for that. And I was like, I want to kill myself, and I don't think Jordan even knows. Let me play-by-play. I was texting my buddy all day. We had bet against Spieth. He had like a, this is quote from you. We had like a six shot. He had like all a he six said was lead. I was matched up against a deck. He didn't say he was just straight up betting. Clarify. Honestly, like well done. Like good bet. I mean, hey, hey, dude, you were winning by a million, bro. Million. So let me continue. Good bet. Right, keep going. So I kept checking my app to see where he was, typing his name in at the top. He made an eight or something on number ten, which basically ended him. And when I went to text my buddy, I accidentally texted Spieth and wrote game over for Spieth and sent that to Jordan by accident. He wrote back right after his round and said, thanks for that. Quote from Sleaze, I wanted to die. <laughs> Dude, I swear to God. All right, so I'm going to come clean. Oh, fuck, I'm going to come clean right now. I bet against you. Against See, the there Jackie. it is. All right, Jordan, I Told love you. you. I thank you to God for coming on this podcast. Look, I man, bet hey, against you. You against get feelings. Jackie. Like, look. Okay, I was Googling, like, how do you delete a text? How, is there a way to erase the text you just sent? I'll never bet against you against the ducky in my I, life. You know, there'll be times where it's worth fading. I understand. Uh, you know, it's just gamble. Just I root for gamble. Patrick Mahomes. He's my probably my favorite athlete right now. It doesn't mean I haven't bet against the guy. I root right, said, dude. hey, you know, wouldn't you mind wouldn't mind if you know you guys didn't score right here. You know that kind Maybe of thing. Maybe get the so, under one know. time. Awesome. On well, Jordan, game. thank yeah. you so much for joining us, man. It's been an absolute Is that blast. nine? Yeah. We're to get through them all? That's nine, I think. You yeah. say that for number one? That was my last That was the that last. Was fantastic. What a son of <laughs> a bitch. so good. Love you. Hey, I thanks for, hey, ago, we uh, thanks for doing it. <laughs> all right, bye. Well, that was the golden child, Sleaze. And Whew. I'm not going to lie. It seemed like you're getting a little nervous at the end with that last question I asked him. <laughs> I did not know that was coming, so props to you for bringing that up. It had been a long time. I was hoping he forgot about it. Apparently, he hadn't. And also, at that exact moment during the interview, I may have overindulged in a little bit of the boo. So it was good that that thing was coming to a wrap because I was getting a little bit loose out there. But, dude, what a time with Jordan, man, for him to come and do that and give us, you know, whatever it was, 80 minutes, something like that. The guy just, he gets so many media requests. He's getting asked the same questions over and over. It was cool to just sit with him, open up, had a beer or two, and just, just you know, shot the shit with us like a normal dude. Unbelievable that guy is. I, I tell everybody, I mean, he's arguably one of the nicest humans I've ever met. Like you said, for him to take the time to come to Royal Oaks Country Club, where they pour the drinks a little strong, they they don't they don't play around <laughs> over there. Just for the record, but for him to do, take time out of his day to come out of the way and do that was awesome. I love the kid. I mean, we've said it a million times. Golf is better when Jordan Spieth is up at the top, competing week in and week out. Um, you know, I'm I'm obviously a fan of him, and I just really hope he turns this thing around quick. I got no doubt that he will, man. Just talking to him this past week and just watching what he does. Nobody works harder. Nobody mm -hmm. wants to get the ship righted more than him. And just with his work ethic and everything, you know, he's going through a little dip right now, but I got no doubt in my mind that he'll be back and doing things that we're used to seeing Jordan Speed do in the near future. And by the way, he did find the text message. He sent it to he me. He sent it to you? Night. Yep. <laughs> How did it so look? So I have it. Um, it's you just trying to backtrack and save your it, ass a little sent, bit. Thanks for, he sent thanks for that right after, and I immediately was like, holy shit. And I launched into like a pair, like yeah. this long of a text message. Like, Dude, I'm so sorry. What you don't understand is I did this and this. It's just the whole thing. I was just digging myself deeper, and eventually I was like, just shut up. He'll forget about it. 
and apparently he didn't, but water under the bridge. Yeah, it was awesome. But now on <laughs> to our next guest, who is on our Dallas trip, yes. the man behind the Bryson DeChambeau madness, Chris Como, his swing instructor, and man, was this fascinating. Dude, the architect, and we were live from the lab, mm-hmm. all the videos you've seen on Instagram, Twitter, all that stuff, we were sitting right there, we got to see everything that's going down in there, and the man is just an absolute encyclopedia of golf knowledge he knows so much and he was willing to open up and share with us here's another guy that's been doing a million interviews lately and he was able to sit down with us for a long time too so hats off to all those guys in dallas that uh, opened up to us and let us come in there and and, uh, get in their business for a little bit because they don't have to do it nope you're not going to want to miss it but that's going to do it for us we'll talk to you on next week's golf subpar